We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rivals. The battle of the lane is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history still in the making? Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. we gonna see him soon. You feel me? Right, all right. Welcome back to another edition of the Budding Heads podcast on Rams Talk Radio. I'm Steve Barrow. I'm here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, it is official. The San Francisco 49ers are not Super Bowl champions. Does that make you happy? I I don't want to sound like a hater, but I'm ecstatic over it. I I, I I'm not gonna lie. I have a bunch of 49er fans and and uh the family and some friends as well. And just seeing them like, cause they, there was so many people just clowning on me. Uh, most of them being 49er fans when the Rams lost the Super Bowl. So for them to go through the same fate, ah, sweet, sweet revenge. But yeah, at least now the Rams can focus on 2020. Happy for Andy Reed. Uh, well-deserved, you know, and now, uh, this is good for us because we can say, I looked this up because I was debating a friend, since I think 2009, the NFC West has the most Super Bowl appearances out of any division. We got six of them 
Patriots only have five. They're the entire AFC East, uh, and I'm, I don't think it's mathematically possible for another division to have more. And they didn't win, so made the division look good, didn't win. I'm happy with it. It was a great outcome, and good for the Chiefs. One of the best teams all year, one of the best teams last year. Well-deserved for Andy Reid, who I think can 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 get himself into those best coaches of all time discussion more fairly now with that ring. Uh, he ain't Belichick, but he's up there, man. He's a great coach, and, and I think they deserve it. And, hey, <laughs> I know they're not listening, but any Rams fans that converted to the Chiefs when they left St. Louis, hey, I'll give them a shout-out too. But I hope I hope you guys all stayed with us. Oh, wow. That uh, it got a little dark there for a second. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but at least it was, a, uh, it was an entertaining game, too. I mean, uh, if you compare it to last year's game, it was a lot more entertaining. You know, I've been getting clowned a lot, as I'm sure many of us have, for scoring three points in the Super Bowl. I think we're the only team that didn't score a touchdown in the Super Bowl in the history of the game. But I would rather lose 13-3 to than blow a 10-point lead and give up 26 unanswered points in a seven-minute span. So, hey, uh, better game than last year and a less heartbreaking loss for us last year. I, I, I'm, I'm glad we got a good game. Uh, unfortunately, we played in the only Super Bowl that sucked over the past, like, four years. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is part two of our Rams report card series. We're actually recording two and three tonight. So if anything happens over the next week, you're not going to hear it on part three. Uh, but what we're going to do here, we're going to give, we got, I think we got 11 guys on this podcast, 11 on the next, a grade A to F, you know, classic report card based on. It's a combination of how well they played and how well they played based on our expectations. So if, let's say, Aaron Donald and Taylor Rapp both have A's, that doesn't mean they were just as good as each other. That means we're grading them based on how good we expected them to be and how good they actually were. Uh, We did long-term confidence for the younger guys. We'll throw it in when I think it's... Uh, a, a take we can discuss on these But I think most of them we won't do that uh, But hey, before we get into this uh, Don't forget You can find our podcast wherever you can get your podcasts Please like, subscribe, download uh, If it's Apple Podcasts You want to have a chance to win A customized throwback Rams jersey From the NFL shop Give us a 5 star review Leave a review uh, Send it, a screenshot of the review with your name whether it's via email or uh, DM, wherever. You can email ramsock1945 at gmail.com. Screenshot it. Let us know who's entering. Uh, and you'll be entered to win that that prize once we get to, I think we're going for 200 reviews. Uh, and don't forget to check out other shows in the feed, Rams Uncensored and Rams Talk Radio. Okay. Let's get into it, Johnny, shall we? Let's do it. All righty. I want to start this on a positive note. We're going to start with Aaron Donald. 48 total tackles this year, 12.5 sacks, 24 QB hits, 20 tackles for loss, 93 grade on pro football focus. I believe he was the best in the NFL. Uh, He's had a 90 rating 
every year of his career. And I'll mention grades for some of these other guys. Uh, pro football focus grades are, are weird, but a 90 or above is for your entire career is flat out fucking insane. Uh, and he, he basically broke their scale, crushes it every year. Um, first team all pro, pro bowler, been a pro bowl every year of his career, been a first team all pro every year of, uh, every year since his rookie year. I think this guy could retire today and make the Hall of Fame based on what he's done over the past couple of years. I'm going to give him an A. He's not an A plus because I'm, ba- I, you know, the grade expectation goes into the season. And I didn't know if I would have said before the year his sack total would increase that much. But he, look. I'm not. I'm not even trying to knock it. I'm giving him an A. He's our best player. I think he might be the best player in the entire NFL. Uh, just not an A plus because he was a little worse than last year, which is great. Fine, whatever. He still fucking rules. Uh, I. He's long term competence. He's an A plus. It's useless to discuss. Uh, I don't have a bad thing to say about the guy. Uh, if if you actually watch the games, you know that that sack total it is not a big deal that it dropped. But I got. I got a. I got to dock him a couple points. That's it. He's still he's still my boy. Still the best player on the team. Still still the best defensive player of the league, and worth every penny of that monstrous contract we gave him. Yeah, I, I can't I can't actually give this guy a lower grade than an A plus. Fine, just because I'm okay yeah. with it. Yeah, I, I I can't do it. You know he, he uh, he's he's probably the best defensive tackle that. I've ever seen in my lifetime and very well could be the best defensive tackle of all time. If he continues on this route and to tell you the truth, I don't know if I've ever really seen any player that's been quadruple teamed before. And we've seen it with him on multiple occasions. That's, that's insane. There are four players on this guy that, that, oh man, I don't even know what to say to that, but A plus. I don't need to say more. Y'all know how good Aaron Donald is. A plus for me. I I I, I want to trying to pull this up. He's not on the list yet. Uh, I'm trying to. He's made five first team All Pros. Uh, the record is ten, but you know. Not a ton of guys have made five first-team All-Pros in their entire career. And look, man, we're watching a generational talent. I agree. He's the best defensive tackle I've seen in my lifetime. Uh, the guy, the guy's fucking ridiculous, man. Tom Brady has only made three first-team All-Pros. I know quarterback's a little harder of a, of a thing, but I think that puts it in perspective a little, how, how insane and how impressive this guy has been. And look, I'm sure we'll talk about him a lot the next couple of years hopefully uh there was a debate whether you want to spend all that money on a defensive player or not worth every penny he's much more than a defensive tackle the fact that he almost broke the single season sack record as an interior tackle we don't talk about how unbelievable that is enough and 12.5 sacks for an interior defensive lineman still great so i i got i got nothing else to say let's move on uh the most positive player I think we'll talk about in here. Although there, there's some guys I'm excited to talk about on the list. Here's a guy I'm not excited to talk about. 
wide receiver. Brandon Cooks gets paid a lot of money. I think he's the third highest player on the team. This year he had 42 receptions for 583 yards and two touchdowns. Broke his streak of 1,000-yard seasons. I think he, I believe he had four straight coming into the year. I will confirm that as we're talking. Uh, two touchdowns. He played in 14 games, basically played in 13. He got knocked out of that Bengals game pretty early. Uh, yeah, he had 4,000-yard seasons entering this season. Uh, barely had more yards here than in his rookie year, and he played in much more games this season. I'm giving Brandon Cooks an F. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say. He he was immensely disappointing. The injury was – the concussions were – we're tough to hang with, but look, when he was healthy, he also didn't do much. Uh, part of it was he got missed him a couple times, but still, man, to decrease that much in yardage, to kind of be a ghost out there in a lot of games, I mean, there's really only one or two games this season where you could point to and say, Brandon Cooks had a great game, and literally after week four, uh, his highest single game yardage total was 59 yards. Uh, the guy did nothing, man. I, I don't... Yeah, I, you can't give him anything more than a D, I think. And long term, I'm shaky. Uh, I I think if he remains with the team, which it might be a little, it's easier said than done to unload that contract. He'll probably be here next year. I think he'll be better than this next year. But man, he's he was not good this year. And for how much money we invested into him, even more so than than Todd Gurley, I think he was even more of a disappointment. And yeah. It sucks. I like Brandon Cooks. He's a good dude, but not not worth remotely how much we paid him this year. Okay, so who who pissed you off today, Steve? Uh, <laughs> wow, an F, an F, man. Think, Based on expectations, that's... if I told you before this season he'd have five hundred eighty three yards and two touchdowns, you'd probably give him an F too. That okay, fair enough, but. Here's my thing. So, of course, the concussions came into play. You gave him credit for that, too. But I also have to put into effect the type of offense that was being run for pretty much the majority of the year. You know, this was not the offense. I mean, you could almost say the offense as a whole is disappointing, but we'll cover that later. Um, you can de- You can definitely say that. You don't have to almost say that. You can but, definitely yeah. say the offense as a whole was disappointing. Yeah, that's that's true. But, you know, with, with Brandon Cooks, in all fairness, he is a specific type of wide receiver. You know, he is that deep threat that we all fell in love with when the offense was actually functioning properly. And because of how terrible the offense was ran in 2019 – Brandon Cooks didn't see a lot of deep shots. And when Goff finally did manage to throw it to him, it was poorly thrown. So, like, I don't know if I can really fault Cooks for all that. Was it disappointing year? Absolutely. And and he does deserve a low grade. But I'm going to give him a little bit of a benefit of the doubt just because of everything that happened to him, you know, from the concussions, from uh, the terrible offense um, so overall, I'm gonna say a D. I think I think that's a little bit fairer than just giving up a straight up F. 
Sorry, man. I I gotta do it, and I I, I don't I don't really disagree with any of your points. Um, when Goff went to him deep, it wasn't pretty. But like, look at the same time. I mean, you, when you when he was out there, like I don't think anyone really feared him. You know, like say what you will say what you want about Super Bowl champion and ninety eight yard performance in the Super Bowl player Sammy Watkins, but when he was here, like. Every three or four games, he'd catch a touchdown. He had eight touchdowns in that year, I think. Uh, was it disappointing overall? Yeah, but you could look at him. You could see his value on the team. You could say, this is their deep threat. This is a red zone threat. Uh, yeah, he's he's not worth, maybe not worth what we gave up for him. But at the same time, you can look at this guy and you could clearly see his value to the offense and to the team. And I didn't, I Cooks is that deep threat, but... How many deep catches did he have this year, man? You know, like, not many. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was it was just disappointing to me and, and all and everything. And an F might be a little harsh, but you, you give an F to people that you believe in and then they fail you, you know? At least that's how I hope teachers do it. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, you feel free to chime in there later. Uh, Andrew Whitworth, who this is timely, just announced he's coming back for next season. Uh, Rams expect to make a deal to keep him around. Uh, they hope at least, but we'll, we'll, we probably won't know that until March. He, he's interesting. He played in every game, but he had 14 penalties this season, uh, which seems like an insane amount. Uh, only allow one sack. 72.8 grade on pro football focus, which is, which is decent. Uh, he's a tough, he's a tough grade to me, man, because he was our best lineman, I think, pretty clearly. Uh, I think he got a lot better as the season went on, but at the same time, like, a vet, a vet like him should not be getting four penalties, 14 penalties tossed on him. Uh, I, I give him a, I'll give him a B. Uh, B to B plus somewhere in between there because he he did he did come along as the season went on. Uh, the whole line was a disaster at the beginning, but the penalties killed me. But look, all in all, he's a captain. He's a leader on this team. I love having him around, and I hope he's our starting left tackle next season. Uh, that would be ideal. Wasn't perfect this year, but he was not. You you point your finger at what the problem was with this offensive line in. You're rarely pointing at him, all things considered, I think. Yeah, so I I agree with a lot of your points there. Um, The thing is, with Andrew Whitworth, ever since he came to the Rams, he was was already kind of past his prime. He was an aging veteran, but he didn't slow slow down, you know, one bit, you know. And that's kind of interesting because of how many years he has in this league. He was so dominant. And I feel like last year was the very first year that I felt like Whitworth was aging. And I hate to say that because he's such, you know, a a very good offensive lineman and clearly was the best offensive lineman out of all of ours. But he... You know, there was a lot of times where he was just flat out beat. And 
I feel like, um, you know, he's had to, you know, settle for more penalties this season because of that fact. Now, does that mean he was a terrible player? No, not at all. He was still a very solid contributor and easily one of the better left tackles in the league, which is amazing considering how many years he has in this league. But that being said, um, he he had uh, still one hell of a year on a very disappointing offensive line. So I, I got to give him a B just because I, I did expect him to be a little bit better. But uh, it it's understandable because of his age and because of the offensive line situation. But I think B is a, is a fair grade. He did very well. Um, didn't wasn't the best uh, left tackle in the league or anything like that, but uh, certainly one of the better players uh, on the offense for sure. I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, he's good with me. That's what I had. Um, next guy here, another timely one, Michael Brockers, who uh, just put out a video with his wife on uninterrupted. If you didn't watch it, basically thanked the Rams and Rams fans for everything over the past, uh, what is it, eight seasons, I think he's been here. And basically was like, whatever happens next, I'll always be a Ram. So pretty ominous. He's not, um, he might be back. You know, it's it's that door's definitely not shut. He's a free agent. Uh, maybe he really just wants to get paid a lot of money, which if it's true, can't hold that against him. Go get the bag, my friend. But I hope he's here next year. Anyways, 63 tackles on the year, 9 QB hits, 3 sacks. I think he had 3 tackles for loss. So I'm going to give him an A-. minus. I don't know if he – he wasn't necessarily an A player this year. The reason I'm giving him an A- minus is because I didn't think he was very good at all last year. I was really disappointed with how he played, and I've, I've – said it a ton of times in this podcast over the last two years. I think we kind of didn't talk about it enough because we we prefer to talk about how disappointing the Dominican Sue was, which is fine. Bigger name, making more money. But Breckers was really good this year. He was very good compliment to Aaron Donald. I was happy with his performance. He's the longest tenured player on the team. I love having him around. I hope he stays. Uh, but, yeah, I give him an A-, minus and I don't, I don't really have a ton to dwell on with Brock. You know, as as far as Michael Brockers is concerned, he's always been the type of player that um, has a very unselfish role, and a lot of his stats don't always contribute to uh, you know to the game. You know, we're we're kind of big on seeing sacks and tackles and stuff like that, and while that's certainly a way to measure a player's talent, it's not the only way. And just as we discussed a little bit ago with uh, Aaron Donald's, you know, stat total dropping a little bit, that didn't mean he didn't have a good season. It's just, you know, he uh, he had to make up for it in other ways. With Michael Brockers, he was the one making everyone else look good. And that has been his role for many, many years. Last year, it kind of um, was he kind of took a turn for the worst. But this year he improved at the position um, at the position so much that he was clearly one of the reasons why the the defensive line did well. Uh, and 
you can almost argue that Aaron Donald certainly benefited from Michael Brockers's presence. And even Donald himself was, um, you know, basically um, asking the Rams to bring him back because he feels like he makes the, the defense better. And, and I'm, I tend to agree with him. I feel like Brockers did, he did a, uh, an enormously good job, uh, especially when you consider, you know, the linebackers behind them also benefiting from it. Guys like Corey Littleton and Dante Fowler truly benefited from uh, Michael Brockers opening up um, some holes for him, for them, and, you know, stuffing the the run and, and you know, just, just a, one hell of a player to have. And I was glad to see him come back on a on a good note um i don't know if the rams will be able to bring him back or not but that's another story in terms of how i felt he did uh, in terms of expectations i feel like he exceeded them especially conceding considering that he um you know he had such a terrible season last season i i have to give him an a you know i feel like all things considered, he superseded my expectations and and then some. So um, I don't know if the Rams can bring him back or not. But here's here's hoping that he can get come back, maybe on a reduced contract? Question mark? Maybe I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, maybe. But uh, yeah, I think A is a fair is a fair grade for him. Agreed. Uh, I I don't feel super optimistic about him come back after that video. Uh, but we'll see. And guys, we got Michael Braxton A here. These grades are arbitrary. Uh, we're basically grading every player on a different scale and a lot of emotion and whatever goes into that. And <laughs> this next guy, for me at least, is going to be, I don't know if this is the right grade, but I'm giving it to him. But we're going to take a quick break before we talk about him. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the making. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. All right. Eric Weddle, our safety free agent acquisition. Uh, 108 tackles, second on the team, four passes defended. Allowed 21 catches on the... 28 times he was targeted. Okay. <laughs> he he really doesn't grade out that bad on pro football focus. His stats are okay, but we're grading this based on expectation. And I'm going to grade this one a little emotionally. When Eric Weddle got here, I was so psyched. I was really happy to have him on the team. I didn't think we downgraded at all from LaMarcus Joyner. I, think I, I honestly thought we might have upgraded. And when the season ended... I hoped I would never see this guy play for the Rams again. So for that, I'm giving him a D. I don't know if that's the right grade. I'm just, I might just be thinking with my heart and not my mind, but like <laughs> the, the eye test can be deceiving, but I feel like every time I noticed Eric Weddle doing something, I was like, Jesus Christ, this fucking guy, man. Uh, a lot of people gave him shit for not wanting to reveal anything about the Ravens. Uh, like, I don't know. That was a little overblown, but at the same time, it's like, come on, dude. You're not on the Ravens. You played there for like four years. Uh, you're a charger, if anything. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope he's not back next year. Uh, I give, I'm i giving him a D, and I, I don't really care enough to explain myself. 
This is my podcast. I can do whatever I want. If you don't like it, uh, please keep listening because we appreciate your support. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, yes, please keep listening because um, it's my turn to rebuttal. And uh, for the rest of the viewers, or not viewers, but listeners out there, uh, please join me in a boo. I don't know if they will. I don't think anyone likes Eric Weddle that much, man. I, you know, seems like a great guy. I don't know, but, if it's, you know, it, it's it's not so much that you like Eric Weddle for him being a character on the team because I don't know if he is one, but you can certainly like what. Eric Weddle has brought to the team in terms of leadership and in terms of his play. You know, there were times where he did give up, you know, some major plays. But that being said, he did do his job and he did it well. And to tell you the truth, do I miss LaMarcus Joyner? Not particularly. I, I I'm not... I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that LaMarcus Joyner isn't the better option because I don't know if he is or not because technically he is the younger guy and clearly Eric Weddle is, you know, on, on the ending of his career. Let's be real. But as, as we are already seeing, Eric Weddle is basically a temporary until Taylor Rapp can take over, which – by all accounts, it seems like that's going to happen either this year or next year. So, personally, I think Eric Weddle did did a pretty good job. Was it up to expectations? Maybe not. I don't know if you could sit here and and tell you saying, "Oh, yeah, he was he was uh, you know a Pro Bowler. You know, he was that damn good." No, no, I'd be lying to you. But um, I do say that he did a solid job. You look at his numbers, they're pretty solid as well. Uh, I'm going to give him a solid C+. I feel like a C-plus is, is more than fair. Um, I, I was considering giving him a B-, but there were times he did give up some, some major plays here. But uh, ultimately, I think Eric Weddle deserves a little more praise than you were giving him. Probably, but I don't know, man. He, nothing he did wowed me, and sometimes those players are, like, valuable. But I, I don't know. I I don't know what it was about Weddle, but I, I, feel, I feel like I'm not alone with this take. Uh, I'm probably the minority, but I don't think I'm the only one that has this opinion about Eric Weddle. And, hey, we pretty much agree with each other on everything on this podcast, so I'm glad we're butting heads a little bit. That's the name of the show. Uh, but do you think Eric Weddle's back next year? I, I, I honestly would be shocked. I don't think so, only because of a cap issue. I think if the Rams were were pretty good on cap, he would probably be back. But considering all all that, nah, I, I, I highly doubt it. He also said he wouldn't come back to be a backup, so we'd basically have to guarantee he plays over rap, which I don't think they would. Anyways... Uh, big favorite of the show, especially on Johnny's side, Troy Hill. Our next guy. Woo! Uh, played in 14 games, started nine of them, had two interceptions on the year. 
uh, successfully defended nine passes. Pretty high grade on Pro Football Focus, 76.4. That was the 12th highest at cornerback. Uh, I looked up LaMarcus Joyner while, while we mentioned him, Johnny. And honestly, I didn't watch a ton of Raiders this year. I didn't realize they moved him back to slot cornerback. In B, he's the 110th highest graded cornerback out of 114 on Pro Football Focus. So uh, what might have been better this year? Uh, so you're going to bump up your grade to C+. Plus? No, uh, because I don't care about LaMarcus <laughs> Joyner anymore. He's not on the team. <laughs> um anyways, Troy Hill, your boy. I got to give him an A. Uh he allowed 23 catches on 51 targets. That's pretty fucking good, man. That's a lot of times to be targeted and not give up. he didn't give up a ton of passes. Uh I think like things I never thought I would have said before the year. I think this team is confident that Troy Hill can start Imagine saying this sentence in in September, telling someone this was a sentence. The Rams are confident that Troy Hill will be a solid starting cornerback on the outside alongside Jalen Ramsey. That is such a ridiculous sentence to say out loud, but it's true. Uh, Based on going what I expected versus what we got, I'm giving him an A. I don't think he's quite in an A+, but he played really well. And I think it's the best football he's played in his entire career. Uh, he's pretty young. Things are looking up. He's on a good, cheap contract for next season. Uh, and the guy across from him is probably going to be making a shitload of money. So I, he's an A in long-term confidence. I'd even get, I'd probably give him an A minus. I think he will uh, continue to produce as a starting cornerback. I like you. I never thought I would say these words, but uh, he he played well in that role last year, and I think we're all impressed. I think, Steve, you might have inspired me to write an article um, about things I didn't think I would say during the 2019 season because I feel like you can write an article with with that mentality there. But um, as far as Troy Hill is concerned, yeah. Uh, I'm. Do you, do you have some humble pie with the side of crow? <laughs> I do. Because I, I, I could... I, I could probably use that right now. I'll take a slice so, uh, when we talk about the next guy on the list. <laughs> so, Troy Hill, um, if you guys have been a listener for a while, you know that um, Troy Hill has never been a guy that I've been a huge fan of just because of his inconsistency in the past. Well, this season, he far exceeded my expectations to the point that I'm prepared to give this guy an A+. Plus. Yeah. Um, yeah. So hear me out. So Troy Hill, I was thinking to myself at the start of the season that if this guy has to become a starter, you know, we're pretty much up shit creek. Like, I, 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 was, I felt that strongly about it, especially because I had a lot of faith in Tlaib and Peters who aren't even on the team anymore. But – um, putting him alongside Jalen Ramsey, I felt like he just really shined. And, you know, yes, Jalen Ramsey is a shutdown corner, but even when you uh, you took Jalen Ramsey out of the equation and they were targeting Troy Hill, he did his job. You know, he he became a shutdown corner, which is pretty amazing. And even when 
Hill had to had to go out with an injury. Uh, I believe it was for one or two games. He he actually really really you, you felt his loss, and that was amazing because never in my wildest dreams did I think, man, I, I wish Hill was here, you know. And with that thought process yep. in mind, I can't. You you got to give the guy an A plus. Uh, I I feel like he truly deserves it, and I am actually looking forward to seeing him starting alongside, um, you know, Jalen Ramsey next year, or you know, if not, coming off the bench if they decide to spend money on another corner, which I, I highly doubt it, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I hope I hope they don't, unless like the stars align. I don't think you need to bring in another cornerback. Uh, you got, I think Troy Hill is fine, and I think they they still like David Long. Uh, may keep keep progressing him have him be the, the backup uh in case they need to call on somebody but yeah a plus is fine with me uh he was a couple points away from it for me and i i hell he might he might he, i might even change my grade retroactively later next guy <laughs> tyler higby longtime rams tight end he had 69 catches on 89 targets this year for 734 yards and three touchdowns played in 15 games but he had 43 catches for 522 yards and two touchdowns in the final five games of the season. Uh, the guy was on a fucking absolute monstrous tear. Uh, he signed a pretty fat contract extension before the season. I criticized it a lot. I thought it was a dumb, dumb decision. Hindsight's 2020. Sure, you signed him after the last five games, but I stood by my statement for most of the season. Now look, if he plays like this for the rest of the for the rest of his career, he's on a bargain contract. Uh, I don't know what the hell happened in those last five games, but he got more targets in each of those games, I think, than he has in any other games in his career. He had more catches, or at least tied, than any other game in his career. He had more yards, I'm pretty sure, than every other game in his career. Maybe the last one wasn't, but the dude looked like Rob Gronkowski out there. He's blocking his ass off. He's catching everything, making play after play. I give him an A plus. And like, if you flip the season around, and that was the first five games, he's probably still an A because those first five games would have been ridiculous. Uh, really, just out of left field star turn for Tyler Higby so late in the season. And I mean, look if. If that happens, like, from week 7 to 12, he's probably in the Pro Bowl. Jared Cook made the Pro Bowl. Uh, I think Higby had a better year. And, look, I, I'm obviously biased because I don't like Jared Cook, but, like, their seasons were pretty comparable statistically. Uh problem with Higby is his run came too late. He probably would have made the Pro Bowl if that happened a little earlier. But, like, <laughs> that shit was unbelievable. He's an A-plus for me. I hope he keeps it up uh, because it was, it was an incredible stretch of games for him. Yeah, I, I wasn't as um, against the deal as Steve was, but uh, I'm not going to sit here and, and lie to you, say that uh, I thought it was a reasonable deal at the time because when I saw the contract details, I was just thinking to myself, why? Um, let, you know, let, me, let me put it this way, Johnny. From 2016 to 2018, he had 60 catches for 672 yards. So... That's about 150 more yards 
and that that was over the course of 48 games. In five games, he had 522, and in 48 games, he had 672. So, like, it, it's unbelievable what happened to him. It's crazy. It, it really is, and, you know, that's why, like, I, I kind of gave the deal of the benefit of the doubt just because I, I know that with Tyler Higby, you're you're getting a multi-dimensional tight end. He's not one or the other. He he's a he's a solid blocker. He may not be the best blocker, but he's a he's a pretty decent blocker. And you know, I thought at the time he was a pretty decent receiver. You know, if they actually throw him the ball, well, this year they did actually throw him the ball more, and uh, he did. He, he was actually making plays and making catches, and you know, Tyler Higby. He, is turning out to be uh, one hell of a tight end. Now, we'll know more about whether or not this deal is really solid, considering if he can replicate these numbers next year. I don't know if he can or not. 2020 is really going to determine it. But if we're going to go based on 2019, if you're not giving this guy an A+, you're, you're on something, because nobody thought that he was going to get over 700 yards receiving nobody that uh, it, I, I don't even think Sean McVay thought I, I don't even know if Higby thought you can get over 700 yards receiving and you know once again he's still he's doing his thing at blocking still one of the uh, solid blockers out there so overall a plus I don't think there's any question about it he had 26 receptions uh, for 212 yards and a touchdown through the first 10 games of the season. <laughs> like he had more yards in weeks 13 and 14 than he did from weeks one to 12. It's honestly insane. And it came out of nowhere. Um, okay. Uh, I don't know if you're looking at the list, but I'm going to skip the next player. We're going to save him for last. Greg Zerline, 24 for 33 on field goals. Made every extra point, kicked 42 of them, 77% of his kickoffs were touchbacks. Uh, I'm going to give him a B plus. I think overall he had a solid year, but that that Seattle game is hard to swallow. Uh, <laughs> missed a game-winning game field goal. Uh, I mean, look, overall, though, I, I, think, I think he had a solid year. Was 5 for 7 on 50-yard field goals, 5 for 7 from – sorry, that's not right. Wait, no, yeah, it is. 5 for 11 between 40 and 49 yards, which is bizarre. Uh, 7 for 8 between 20 and 39, and 7 for 7 between 20 and 29. Uh, he's a free agent. I have this strange feeling that he's going to sign with the Cowboys. I hope he's back. <laughs> I love Greg Zerline, but I, I feel like he might follow Bones, man. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's just my gut feeling. Well, I sincerely hope he doesn't end up in in a cowboy uniform. I, I personally think he looks better in in Rams blue, but um, I don't. Uh, I wouldn't doubt it because the Cowboys are are obviously trying to improve their special teams play. And let me tell you, Greg Zerloin is a huge upgrade from Brett Maher. I I, I think the entire NFL can agree with that. And he definitely loves John Fossil, who, uh, if you don't know, signed with the Cowboys as their special teams coach. Yeah, exactly. Losing Fossil, I think, is going to hurt a lot. 
um, in more ways than one. Now, if if he actually takes Zerloin with him, that'll hurt even more. Because while he had a bit of a disappointing year, all things considered, he's still a solid kicker. He's has one of the best legs in, in the league in terms of, you know, being able to to nail, you know, 50 plus 60 plus yard field goals. It, and he can do it with these. So yeah. that's that's something to be said. You know, you don't get nicknames like Greg the Leg and uh, Legatron for just, you know, making these chip shots. That that being said, he did miss a lot of chip shots, including one that was a game winner, as Steve mentioned. So for that reason, I'm a little bit disappointed in, in the season he had, uh, just because you expect a, a lot out of this guy because of the nicknames he's developed. But still, overall, he he you can't complain compared to a lot of other kickers in the league that have either regressed or were just flat out terrible. So, I'm gonna give him a solid B minus. No, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna say C plus, just because I do expect more from Greg Zerline. He's certainly he was certainly paid as one of the top kickers in the league, so you kind of expect him to be the one of the top kickers. And while he wasn't, you know, he wasn't the worst for sure, but uh, you expect more from him. So uh, I do think the Rams are better with him, though, unless, you know, they end up with Justin Tucker somehow. Uh, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> but You're dreaming there. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm just saying, though. I'm just saying. So, yeah, I'm going to stick to my guns here and say C-plus in terms of expectations. Yeah. That's fair. Hope he's back. Uh, now that we have the full picture, though, if he makes that kick against Seattle, our season most likely ends still with that San Francisco loss, but like a lot more heartbreaking uh, because, like, we probably would have made the playoffs if if we win that Seattle game and then win the San Francisco game. Uh, I know what you're saying. Like, if the way the records lined up, yes, if we. If everything remained the same and we won the Seattle game, we would have made the playoffs. But the Vikings started Sean Mannion in Week 17, and had we beaten Seattle, he would not have started in Week 17. Uh, by the way, we will talk about that game on a later podcast. I haven't watched the film yet. Johnny, I will watch the entirety of Sean Mannion's performance in his one start this year, and we will talk about it in the depths of the offseason at some point. I look forward to that one. That should be a very entertaining commentary there. I can't wait. Just ha- I haven't gotten around to watching that tape. Uh, Samson Ibukam, 47 tackles, four and a half sacks, five tackles for loss, 10 hits. Uh, given what I expected him to have, I did not expect him to have four and a half sacks this year. I'm going to give him a B plus. Uh, expected him to be a decent rotation linebacker. I think as far as third linebackers go, like first guy off the bench, he was a little better than decent. I'll give him a B plus. Uh, I hope he doesn't end up being our starter, but I don't mind him in that that classic like Eugene Sims type player role uh, for this team. You know, all all things considered, I, I'm I'm really impressed with what Ibukam did, and I'm kind of with you. I don't know if I want to see him as a starter, but seeing him come off the bench, especially. You know, when Clay Matthews got hurt, 
oddly enough, Clay Matthews did well. We'll get to him later at some point. Um, but you you can't help but be impressed with what he was able to contribute in a short amount of time uh, and the limited opportunities. So overall, I, I'm I'm going to agree with you on this one. I, I'm going to go with the B plus as well. JoJo Natson, dude, I I don't really even want to talk about JoJo Natson. I give him a C. Yeah. He's like the epitome of an average kick returner. Uh, if he's back next year, fine. If he's not, fine. Either that's that's just the definition of a C in my book. F. F. Damn. Yeah, just because you expected a little more from him, and. I, you know, to be honest, uh, going into the season, I didn't expect a whole hell of a lot. And I feel like I got less than what I was even expecting. So, yeah, F. <laughs> I expected nothing, and yet I'm still let down, is what Johnny's saying. Yes, exactly. That's why he deserves an F. You expected <laughs> nothing and still received less. <laughs> uh, last, but certainly not least, look. We're grading anyone that had any type of meaningful role on this team, whether or not they played for the team the entire season. We're ending with the man in our intro, Marcus Peters. Only played six games for the Rams this year. 14 tackles, two interceptions, scored a touchdown on one of them, uh, like three plays after he got eviscerated by Mike Evans. Successfully defended four passes. Uh, We're only going to grade him on what he did with the Rams, so... I'm going to give him a C plus. Look, I, I don't think he was super disappointing, but given what I expected, uh, certainly wasn't that great. C plus, he was fine. Made some plays. Missed some plays. Classic Marcus Peters. But, hey, <laughs> we traded him for, what, a fifth-round pick in Kenny Young? Look at what the fuck he did after he left here, man. First team all pro, Marcus Peters. I. Uh, Got a fat contract from the Ravens. I was really happy for him. At some point, we're going to have to remove his soundbite from our intro, and I'm going to be really sad. But, look, I loved having the guy here for, what what was he here, 25 games? It was a great run. Truly one of my favorite Rams of the decade. I know a lot of people don't agree with that opinion, but I loved him. He was a soundbite machine. He was a fun guy. Uh, Always wore his emotions on his sleeve, which I respect. I miss him. I, I hope he continues to be successful with the Ravens. You know, I, I as soon as I saw that Marcus Peters was traded, uh, I, I couldn't help but think about Steve just because I knew that, you know, Peters was his favorite. And it's it's hard not to be <laughs> – it's hard not to like him just because he he's he's just a funny guy. And uh, I have a feeling, though, you might like Jalen Ramsey. He's he's pretty funny himself. But, he, is, uh, he is funny, but I, I still think Peters is funnier. Eh, yeah, yeah, probably. But, yeah, I'm kind of with you that he, he did – he was basically the average Marcus Peters, which, you know, uh, with when he was with the Rams, still a solid contributor – I don't know if he impressed me, you know, uh, that much this past season, at least not with the Rams. But um, I'm going to give him a C just because he was the average Marcus Peters. And you kind of hope that he improves and gets better. 
Uh, and and I guess he did, just not with the Rams. So see, it is. Yeah, got a lot better. Uh, <laughs> like he he was a weird formality like thing making for a team All Pro. It was very bizarre. He was also a second team All Pro. Made no sense. None of it made any sense. But look, he he's fucking killing it on uh, on Baltimore. So good for him. Love him, man. Uh, wish him nothing but the best, and glad he got a nice contract that even if we didn't trade him, he probably was not getting from us. Uh, okay. That'll about do it for us. Uh, I'm not going to get a crazy sign-off because Johnny and I are about to record another podcast, so don't forget, like, rate, subscribe. Follow me on Twitter at Barrow. Follow Johnny on Twitter at Johnny5 not 6 uh, For Johnny, this is Steve, we will talk to you guys next week. Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that shit. We're going to see him soon. You feel me? control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history still in the make? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.